because <clears throat> how good was that testimony, huh? Come on. Um, yeah, Chayan is just one of the amazing fruit that we've seen this semester at Emmaus. And uh, last night we had our Emmaus banquet, and it was crazy. It was so good. Um, we just had some time to honor uh, the staff and our student leaders. And our stu- students, they just, they're so talented. They're so gifted. They sang songs. Uh, Chayan was Ja Rule last night. Uh, with Stephanie Young, Young Money, and uh, they sang here, and they uh, renditioned a bunch of pop songs and turned into a Mayus, uh, a Mayus album, and uh, I want to produce them, and um, and so it, w- it was amazing. Steven sang some John Mayer, uh, Jesus version, and uh, but we we had a, such an amazing time, and you know I was telling the students last night uh, if there's anything that I wanted them to leave with is to know that they're worth it. That everything that the staff that we do, uh, all the sacrifices that we make, uh, especially my staff that have full-time jobs that, you know, spend all of their free time sewing into these students, it's worth it. You know, and I, and I want to express that heart to all of you guys as well. When you pursue God's kingdom first, trust me, it's worth it. I don't care how foolish people tell you that you are. I don't care how much time you think you're wasting or what better thing you could be doing. There's nothing. There's nothing in this world. There's nothing in this world that can compare to knowing that you're a part of what God is doing. And so, Chayan, I'm so proud of you. End. 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 <laughs> when my students cry, they get angry. You'll notice that. They're like, man. <laughs> I turn around. Um, they're not used to crying. Uh, a lot of them came with, without tears. And it had been so long um, since they cried. And so now they cry all the time which is awesome. Uh, I want you guys to turn with me to First uh, Samuel. I believe my husband preached a, a bomb message last week, and he gave himself exactly 35 minutes. Um, I'm going to do the same. Uh, and I'm sure that I'm going to make it, okay? So, okay, uh, First Samuel, okay, chapter 17. And uh, this is a familiar passage. I'm going to be talking about the story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath. And, you know, for the sake of time, we're not going to read through the whole chapter, though I'm going to be preaching from it. I want us to just focus on the first 11 verses of this chapter. So uh, let's just do some reading together. I'll read one verse, and you guys can read the following. We're going to go from verse 1 to 11. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Soko, which belonged to Judah, and encamped between Soko, Soko and Ezekah in Ephes Damim. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the, on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, uh, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield bearer went before him.
If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of a Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. All right, today I'm going to talk to you guys about the power of deception. And when we think about David and Goliath, often you find believers comparing Goliath to a difficult circumstance. Goliath represents a trial. Goliath represents someone that's annoying you. Maybe your parents, maybe your sibling, maybe someone that has always been a little bit of an arch nemesis to you, but we always, uh, we often compare Goliath to a circumstance or a person, but today I want to talk about Goliath being deception. Okay. Goliath was a giant 10 feet tall. He was jacked. Okay. He was a champion. I think of Randy for some reason, Randy, and he creeps down. And often we use this story for children uh, ministry. I know I use this passage to preach on the missions field uh, as a VBS message and, you know, tell the, you know, little David defeated the giants and so can you, you know, and, and we think about this passage and we admire David's boldness, his courage, and the fact that he overcame. But I want to talk about not so much that David was so courageous, but I want to talk about the fact that the army was so wimpy. Okay, stay with me here. I think we tend to think it's incredible that David defeated the Goliath. And I want us to leave this place thinking it was incredible that the army didn't believe it for themselves. What wasn't incredible was that what wasn't incredible was David's faith. What was incredible was the unbelief of the people of God. And I'm going to show you how that kind of unfolds. You know, the thing about deception is it's the one thing that can destroy you. Do you guys know that? People, circumstances, situations don't have authority to destroy you. Your family background, history, even your mistakes don't have the power to destroy you. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's only one thing, one thing alone that can cause your demise, and that is deception. And so I want to talk about deception here in the context of David and Goliath. You know, um, if you read here, the first thing that you noticed is that Goliath was souped up in gear. He wasn't just tall. If he was a 10 feet tall guy with no weapons, with no muscles, just really tall and skinny, I don't think a lot of people would have been afraid One of the reasons why Goliath was so intimidating was because of his armor. And the first thing I want you guys to know about deception is don't be intimidated by the clothes. Don't be intimidated by the clothes. What I mean by that is he had a helmet of bronze on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. That's like brass plates linked together, overlapping. It's like fish scales of brass over his whole body. Just the helmet and the coat of mail, it weighed 125 pounds. That is more than how much I weigh. Just the armor alone. My weight was the armor. Just the helmet and what he was wearing over it. On top of that, he was carrying a bronze javelin between his shoulder blades and a spear that weighed significantly heavy. 
It was heavy, okay? It's like wearing me and carrying me, okay? And going out to the field and challenging someone, okay? That's a lot of weight. My husband knows that it's actually not as heavy as you, right? It says lot. Okay, you know what? We're going to have to talk later, all right? But what was just as intimidating as, as Goliath's size was his armor. I want you to understand that. When the Israelite army looked at Goliath, it was like someone had come from the future. The magnitude of what they were walking in, it was unlike the, what the Israelites had. Why? Because a couple of chapters earlier, when the Israelites were trying to defeat the Philistines, it said they didn't even have swords. They were going around carrying hammers and random things. And here comes Goliath, souped up in a chain, uh, a male chain. Chain what? Chain mail, coat of mail. Right? Can I get some more mic, please? Thank you. Coat of mail and a helmet and a javelin. And he was, he had all the weaponry. You know, it's funny because this is how deception rolls. Deception comes clothing itself. Clothing itself, and I want to say it like this, it clothes itself with circumstantial evidence. Okay? If we talk about deception, deception means it's not the truth, right? And if we talk about how deception works in our lives, often we believe what we see. Because what we believe, what we see is often the circumstantial evidence. Let me give you an example. There was a, a girl named Suji who was a dear friend of Pastor Christian. He knew her through KCCC. And at our last retreat, not the past retreat, but the, a year ago, we had a churchwide retreat. We had found out that Suji's mom had actually had an aneurysm. And what happened was the doctors diagnosed her as saying it was a completely hopeless case. Now we prayed a prayer that went like this. Her sickness is deception. She is healed. That kind of makes no sense, right? Because everything else pointed to the fact that she was sick and her mom was going to die. And it looked like it was true, but what we decided would be truth was the word of God. Only thing that should be true in our lives is the very word. Anything that comes against the word is what we call deception. But here, deception comes, she is sick, she's going to die, and it was souped up. It was clothed with doctor's reports, charts, statistics, serious faces of the doctors themselves, and a diagnosis of at least two surgeries that she had to go through. When you look at a situation like that, and you hear the words, you are sick, you are going to die, it's really hard not to believe it. We laugh at the Israelites for for standing in fear for Goliath when David, a young man, was able to defeat him. But when it comes to the own Goliath that we face, sometimes we get paralyzed with fear as well, don't we? And one of the tricks that the devil loves to use, it's the clothing. It's the clothing, okay? It's what deception is wearing, not the substance. You know, it's funny how what we wear makes a big difference. It's funny. Have you guys ever met someone that was really, that you wanted to impress, and when you met them, you weren't wearing, like, the clothes you wanted to wear? 
Imagine running into, I don't know, your favorite celebrity or your favorite author, someone that you extremely admire and you're out and about wearing sweatpants or, you know, your pajamas and, you know, all of a sudden you feel a little bit vulnerable or naked. Goliath was wearing armor to the max and David, David had nothing on except his clothes. He carried a stick, a sling and five stones. Sometimes we think our truth doesn't have that much substance. We tell ourselves God's promises are true, but when we look at the facts, the reality in our lives, it seems like we don't have the chain armor. We don't have the bronze helmet. We don't have the javelin. We don't have the spear. We don't have all the little evidences that says that truth is actually truth in our lives. But what happened with David? It just took five stones. He just had five stones and he was able to defeat a giant. I want you to just turn to your neighbor and say, don't be intimidated by the clothes. (laughs) Goliath had all this armor and David had a stick, folks. Okay. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you deem to be a Goliath in your life. I don't know what deception you're trying to overcome, whether it be that you actually have value or that God loves you, or maybe it's, I want to pursue this dream. And all of a sudden you're thinking, but I'm going to fail. I'm not good enough. I don't know what you're facing. All I know is even if you look at yourself and you see a stick and five stones, trust me, you have more authority than anything that you're facing. I don't care what statistics come against you. I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what your friends say. I don't even care what your family says. If it's not in alignment with the word of God says, trust me, you're in the better position. David was the only one out of the whole army that knew who he was. Everybody else had forgotten. Everybody else had forgotten that they weren't fighting just for Saul. They were fighting for God. They were God's army. Don't be intimidated by the clothes. Don't be intimidated by what deception is wearing. Don't be intimidated by the circumstances. Don't be intimidated by the statistics. Deception wants to dominate you. It wants to control you and it wants you to become its servant. Read verse 9 with me. Okay, we're going to look at verse 9, 17. Let's read it all together. Okay. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Okay. So there's two huge armies on opposite sides on one mountain, on the other mountain. And there was a valley. And all of a sudden, this giant comes forth and says, I challenge any of you guys to come and to fight me. But here's the deal. If you win, we will serve you. But if I win, you will serve me. This is how deception works. It's not there to just trick you. It's there to dominate you. It's there to become your master. That lie that you think isn't that big of a deal, if you entertain time to time, it wants to consume your life. 
It wants to rule over you. It wants to cause you to make the wrong decisions. It wants you to be ridden with anxiety and with fear. Deception's plan is just one thing, and it's to dominate and destroy. Goliath had every intention to kill whoever was going to come forth. Every intention not only to kill, but to win the whole army. Isn't it interesting? It wasn't just a one-on-one battle. In reality, even though it was one-on-one, the whole armies were going to be affected. It's funny how deception works like that. You can see it in your families. What your parents chose to believe that were lies, all of a sudden, it became your truth. What we believe that are lies, it's going to be our children's truth. What we choose to believe, it affects a whole lot of people. In fact, it affects more than you. It affects the whole army that we're a part of. Are you going to open up the door to deception? Are you going to open up the door to that kind of dominion? Bondage, it multiplies. Even if you see sickness, you see sickness that goes through family cancer, for example, diabetes, things that people hear about that runs in their family, and you see family member after family member, generation after generation, people suffering from the same kind of sickness. Because one person said, yes, this is who we are. We are a family that carries diabetes, and this is how it will forever be. Somewhere along the line, someone decided that that deception was true and affected everybody. Even things like racism. My parents are amazing. And actually, I didn't really grow up with a lot of racism in my family. My parents had a pretty good open mind about that. But a lot of other Korean families, I can't say the same. This is Korean families. This is any kind of family, whatever ethnic background. There's a lot of room for racism. And often, back in the day, you'll see that racism goes from generation to generation to generation. Oh, you can't marry that person. You can marry everybody but that kind of person. We can't have that kind of person in our family. Oh, people are getting upset. Deception, it wants to dominate you. It wants to control you. You ever think about how you make your decisions in life? Are they based on what the word of God says or are they based on things that are a complete opposition? Are you making decisions because you're afraid? Are you making decisions because you believe? What are you choosing to be your navigation system? What's your compass? So don't be intimidated by the clothes. And deception wants to dominate you. But here's one thing that I really want to talk about today. Deception is designed to waste your time. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, deception wastes our time. When God called us to be stewards of his kingdom, let me tell you what that included. Not only did it include your finances, not only did it include your anointing, your giftings, your natural talents, it included your time. How are you spending your time? How are you using your time? 
And too often, we waste it because we're so easily deceived. We are in such deception, and it wastes our time. The thing about David and Goliath is we think that it just happened one day. Goliath comes out, taunts everybody, challenges an Israelite to come out. David comes to bring some cheese and bread to his brothers. He sees what's going on. He says, this uncircumcised Philistine, forget that. I'm going to come against you. You know what I mean? Throws the stone. Goliath gets hit. Boom, down. David cuts his head. Game over. All in one day. It didn't go down like that. For 40 days, Goliath taunted the Israelites. 40 days, twice a day, he will come down and go to the Israelites and say, where is your champion? Where is the soldier? Where are your, where's your, who's your victorious one? Who's going to be brave enough to fight me? Who's going to fight? Who's going to bring me down 40 days? Can you imagine? And the Israelites just shaking 40 days, scared out of their minds. So afraid it paralyzed them. Four, that's a long time. 40 days to be afraid. It's a long time. I'm not talking about being afraid for 40 minutes. 40, that's more than a month. Okay? It may see seven salvations in 40 days, all right? 40 days is a long time. And yet the Israelites were paralyzed with fear. 40 days. Why? Because they were under the deception that Goliath had more power, more authority, and more strength than they did. They were so easily deceived. Nothing, nothing wastes your time more than being deceived. Nothing. We look at the promises of God and we think to ourselves, oh, I can't do it. This is a time to build. This is a Solomonic season for the house. This is an exciting time. It's not a time to be cautious. It's a time to run. And yet we're, we can't move because we believe in lies. We can't move because we forgot who we are. We forgot whose we are. We forgot the promises of God. It's time we stop wasting our time being afraid. Do you guys know being fearful is a waste of time? Being anxious is a waste of time. Being, listen, being bitter is a waste of time. Holding unforgiveness, you're wasting time. Just like, where's my brother Randy? Randy was like, you're wasting time. He did it like some crazy wrestler. You're wasting time when you're holding unforgiveness. You're wasting time when you are allowing yourself to be deceived. We don't have a lot of time. There's so many passages in the Bible that indicate that, that cause us to be prepared to be like the five brides that the five virgins that were prepared, unlike the five that weren't time is, is not a lot in our lives. You guys, our life is but a breath. And yet, if we spend majority of our time being paralyzed with fear, we've wasted too much already. It's time that we begin to move with faith. Deception will paralyze you. It will waste your time. We see this even with the Israelites. When they first came across the promised land, they sent out spies. And only two spies came with a good report. The rest of them were like, do not go. 
Do not go. Trust me. Now's not the time. Now's not the time. They're too strong. They're too big. They're huge. In fact, they were giants. There's no way we're going to defeat them. And what happened? That whole generation died without entering the promised land. The whole generation died. I don't want us to be that generation, y'all. That is on our deathbed and it's coulda, woulda, shoulda. I wish I did that. I wish I pursued that. I wish I wasn't. If I wish I, that is not our inheritance. That is not what God has designed us for. We are called to go after it. We're called to barge ahead. The thing that I loved about David in this passage the most is he didn't wait for Goliath to approach him. David went boom, straight ahead, straight ahead, full force. That's what we're called to do. You know, deception, there's a lot of different deceptions in our lives. Regardless, no matter what it is, let's not waste our time on it anymore. I say this because I want to preach this message once and then just deal with it and we can move on. Why? Because we have too many other things to think about. We have too many other things to meditate on. We have too many things to imagine. We have too many other things to dream. Okay, we can't waste any more time being afraid or being scared or thinking low about ourselves. We have to move forward. We have to go beyond the progression. Amen. Now let me talk about why what David did should have been everybody else. Okay. Number one, open with me to Genesis 12, three. Let me talk about the word of God and who Goliath thought he was. Okay. Genesis 12, three, it says this, this is God speaking to Abraham. I will bless those who bless you. And in him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Guess what? Goliath had it coming for him. I wish the Israelites knew that. I wish they understood that he set himself up to die. Why? Because for 40 days, he taunted God's people. For 40 days, he said, your God is nothing. For 40 days, he insulted and he, he talked low to the army of God. Every single time he did that, every single time deception does that to you, your spirit needs to start burning inside. And you need to, be, you need to just stop and say, do you know who you're talking to? Do you have any idea who I am and who my daddy is? Because clearly you don't. It says in the word of God, those who bless me will be blessed. You want to curse me? You better watch out. It could have been a child that confronted Goliath. Goliath would have went down. Why? Because of this verse right here. Because of God's promise to his people. He was going to be their protector. He was going to be the Lord that was going to fight their battles. And for some reason, all the Israelites forgot about that all at the same time. Turn with me to um, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 30 to 33. I'm, I'm going to start from 29. It says, Then I say 
to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord, your God, who goes before you, will himself fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness, where you have seen how the Lord, your God, carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. The Israelites completely forgot who God was. Can I tell you what they forgot about? This is our problem. We forget too much. They forgot that Goliath is one giant. They actually overcame a city of giants. It was called the promised land, okay? It was the land that all the other spies were afraid of, but Joshua and Caleb were able to see. And Joshua led a whole army to defeat all of them. Not one, folks. I'm talking about a bunch of giants. We are called, we, listen, we're giant slayers. That's our heritage. That's our lineage. That's how we need to see it. Defeating a giant isn't a once in a lifetime thing. It should be a hobby. It should be a pastime. That's who you are. You are a giant slayer. They had come across and they stepped into the promised land where everybody else, a whole generation couldn't believe a new generation stepped in. A new generation was able to follow the leading of one man who saw clearly that if God was with us, we have nothing to be afraid of. Not just one. We think about Goliath. Oh, David, great job, David. No, David, you did what you're supposed to do. David, what you do, we're supposed to be doing every single day. Why? Because that's the power that we're walking in. Too many times we look at this story as, oh, David, good job. I want to be like David one day. No, you guys, you're already like that. That's already inside of you. You don't reach for that inheritance. You have it. We can't waste time hoping that one day I'll be like David and slay the giants. No, we need to go out and do it now. No matter what the deception is, no matter what you're facing, today's the day that that deception gets destroyed. Not just a stone in the forehead. I'm talking about the head getting chopped off. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to chop off the head. <laughs> this battle with the Philistines, it was an ongoing thing. And what's interesting was the battle right before David and Goliath was Jonathan's bravery. Jonathan and his arm bearer, they go up and Jonathan was, you know what, his, his anger kindled, was kindled when he saw the Philistines. And he's like, well, who are these fools? Who are these guys? And he just, him and one other person decided to confront a whole camp of Philistines and decided in their minds, if God says it's good to go, it's good to go. God gave them a sign. He said, it's good to go. And they decided we're going to go full charge. And they charged into the camp and two of them slayed 20 people. All of a sudden, the spirit of God came and struck the Philistines with such confusion. They started killing one another. Two people started a whole lot of Philistines dying. That's where this passage began. The Philistines were pissed. They were upset. They were seeking revenge. That's why they came here and they started this fight. See, we often win the battles. We win the battles and all of a sudden we get that next round. Because you know the enemy's upset when you're overcoming, right? But I don't care how many giants come your way. I don't care how many times, no, I don't care how many names, how many different are, I don't know. It doesn't matter. No matter who the giant is, no matter who his mama is, I don't care. You are going to overcome. Amen? Amen. 
I want you guys to turn with me here. This is the last thing I want to conclude with. It's, uh, where's this passage at? In 2 Samuel, okay? 2 Samuel 21. Second Samuel 21, 18 to 22, it says this, after this, there was again a war with the Philistines at Gob and Sibachai the Hushathite struck down Saph, who was one of the descendants of the giants. And there was again war with the Philistines at Gob. Oh, where am I at? And Elihan, the son of Jaror, the Bethlehemite, struck down Goliath, the Jittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was again war at Gath. And there was a man, great stature, who had six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, 24 in number. And he was also descended from the giants. And when he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, David's brother, struck him down. Listen, when you defeat giants... All of a sudden, it makes it possible for others to defeat giants too. When Jonathan saw this beast of a man with six fingers and six toes, you know what he said? He said, this is easy. Why? Because I've seen it done before. Oh, I saw David do this when David was a young buck. I could easily take care of this. We're called to be forerunners. We're called to be forerunners. That means you and I, we're not just slaying giants for our for ourselves. We're not slaying giants for just our peers. We're slaying giants for the future generations. We're slaying giants so other people can see, man, it is easy. I'm not wasting time being afraid with this. We're called to be warriors. We're called to be warriors. Amen. I want you guys to close your eyes with me. John 8, 44, it says, it calls Satan the father of lies. See, God, our father, he's the God of truth. The thing about fathers is you can't have a baby without a mama. And the thing about the power of lies is no matter how strong the lie is, it can never manifest until someone believes it. Until someone decides, yeah, it's true, then all of a sudden we birth deception inside of ourselves. And rather than being pregnant with the promises of God, we're pregnant with deception. We're carrying the baby of I'm not good enough. We're carrying the baby of I'll never make it. We're carrying the baby of it's impossible for me. And it's manifesting everywhere. It's dictating our decisions. And it's dominating our lives. We're in a season of building. And we're in a season of running. And it's time to cut out deception. Jesus. Come on, I want you to just begin to start praying and I want you to begin to declare over yourself I'm a giant slayer come on speak that to every giant that you think you're facing no matter how exquisite the armor no matter how complicated no matter what the statistics no matter what the clothing may say I want you to begin to look at it straight in the eye and I want you to begin to declare I'm a giant slayer maybe it's problems with your family 
Maybe it's people that you're contending for. Sickness. It's time that we look at what David has done, not as a once in a lifetime opportunity, but what David did, that's, that's what we're called to do every day is to slay giants. on I want you guys to begin to lift up your voice I pray for you but I think you should pray this prayer yourself I want you guys to just begin to declare over your situations come on begin to declare it begin to break off whatever deception you know you've been facing some of you know it's not even true but you've been entertaining it and you've been carrying it for way too long come on begin to break it off break it off that I'm not good enough break that off that nothing good happens to me break that off it's impossible. Break those lies off. Jesus. 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 Just thank you, Jesus. 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 Father, I just thank you that that's our lineage. God, this is our lineage. We come from a people that are giant slayers. We come from a people that face whatever impossibility. And God, through you, all things become possible. And God, we just pray right now, Lord, that you will begin to change our mindset. I pray, Father, that every deception that has held us captive, I thank you that you're breaking it off right now in the power of the blood of Jesus. And I thank you that you're desiring us to thrust forward, to run, not to walk. To run, not to be still. To run, not to be paralyzed, but to run towards your promises, God. And to begin to claim them in our lives, Lord. I thank you, God. It's time to build in this house. And I pray, Lord Father, that we will begin to rise up. And no matter what thought, no matter how powerful the thought may seem, I thank you that we're taking every thought captive. And we're cutting it at its head. Everything that does not come into agreement with your word, Lord. We're cutting every thought, every head, Lord. God, we're cutting it down, Lord, and we're establishing ourselves, Lord, in your truth. And so, Father, I just speak that identity, God, over each and every single son and daughter here. You are a giant slayer. I just establish them in that, Lord. That we are a people of courage and boldness and of faith. Lord, I just speak that, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.